This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are we supposed to get married? I'm going to just swipe left. I just want somebody to share my life with. I feel like there's such parallels between love and horror. <laughs> you can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've watched me on NBC's Access Daily, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Demona Hoffman. Happy almost Halloween lovers. Welcome to a very special, very spooky episode of Dates and Mates. Every year, I love to celebrate my favorite holiday, Halloween, by covering dating horror stories. But I don't want you to focus on the horror. I want you to focus on the joy. I still remember the feeling of Halloween as a kid, getting dressed up, pretending to be something else, going out and walking around the neighborhood, seeing everybody else having fun and eating candy and handing out candy. And and now I still get to live this because I've moved into a neighborhood where we get 3,000 trick-or-treaters a year. Like, you probably can't comprehend what 3,000 trick-or-treaters looks like. It's literally like a block party, and it is my greatest joy. <laughs> so even if you're not coming to my door this year to get... Uh, let's see, I'm giving out the crackles and the M&Ms and like all of these candies that I loved getting as a kid. Sour Patch Kids. Oh my gosh, and I got the big ones. Anyways, I can't share those kind of sweets with you, but I can share other kind of sweets in the form of dating advice. So here's what we're going to do on this special episode. Like every year, some of your deepest, darkest dating horror stories. And we are going to discuss what went wrong, what you might be able to do if you find yourself in a similar situation. And we're generally going to have fun laughing at some of our dating mistakes, honoring the stories that we get to carry with us, even if they didn't end the way that we expected. And we're just going to celebrate in the joy of Halloween. But I'm not doing it alone this year. I will be joined by the host of the podcast, Crimes of the Heart, Rory Uphold. She will be sharing her dating horror stories and also some of the stories that she's heard in hosting the Crimes of the Heart podcast. But first, we are going to kick it off with a special Halloween-themed headline, 95 Couples Costume Ideas That Are Cute But Won't Make You Puke. <laughs> All right, lovers, it's time for a Halloween dish. These dating dish. We pulled from a couple of articles for this dating dish. I looked at a BuzzFeed article and a Women's Day article, which we'll link to in the show notes. But I really felt seen by the BuzzFeed article because it said, 
They had costume ideas that were cute, but not the nauseating kind of cute. And I must admit, sometimes couples' costumes make me cringe. You know, out in these 3,000 people deep streets, I, I see some things. I see some things that I wish I could unsee. <laughs> I will admit, I have done a family costume before. Uh, the year that the new Adams Family movie came out, so it was like 2019, we did a f an Adams Family. Like we had the perfect setup. Obviously, I slayed as Morticia. My husband was Gomez. My daughter was Wednesday because she actually is Wednesday, I think. <laughs> and my son was Pugsley, and it was perfect. So that one has been done. Don't even try it. It cannot be topped. <laughs> Can't be topped. I am doing a partner costume, not really a couple's costume, but a partner costume with my daughter this year. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I will share it on my Instagram on October 31st. But there is something lovely about doing a costume with somebody else and dressing up as an adult and finding that sense of joy and wonder and play that is so important in dating. So whether you have a significant other to dress up with, or you just want to dress up with a friend, I'll tell you what, what I'm predicting to be trending out here in these streets. I think it's going to be a soft year for pop culture because we didn't really have any iconic looks from celebrities or huge breakout movies or TV shows this year. Like There wasn't really a tentpole couple or moment that I think is going to be repeated. So in light of that, I think we're going to see a lot more creative looks. Like in this article, they had some DIY ones that were like bacon and eggs, a thunderstorm where somebody was a, an umbrella and the other person was a cloud, a drink and a pool boy. And that made me think, what other pairings could there be? And could you get creative about like salt and pepper, paper and pen, dog and cat? They, they also had, this one was hilarious, Bob Ross and a painting. I would have never thought of that, but how iconic is Bob Ross that like he's, st he's still somebody that people want to dress up as for Halloween? Uh, you could be Peter Pan and his shadow, Peter Pan and Tinkerbell, Peter Pan and anything. <laughs> I really encourage you to get creative this Halloween and find a sense of play. Try on different parts of your personality. And I'll give you this one hot tip. They do great for dating profiles. They show your sensibility, your sense of humor, your cultural references, and that you don't take yourself too seriously. So a lot of times when I'm doing profile polishes, I will tell my clients to go ahead and add in some wacky costume. It doesn't even have to be like sexy nurse, sexy pirate. <laughs> it could just be here I am as a Pez dispenser. Oh my gosh, I just thought of that. It's genius. Can you pull it together? You still have a few days. I don't know. But whatever it is, I'm sure you have some picture that is, you know, PG-13 and PC is not going to offend anybody. I'm sure you have a picture of some costume. It doesn't even, that's the one picture. You don't even need it to be current because it's serving a different purpose. And while we're talking about Halloween, let me also remind you to take advantage of Halloween parties and mixers because a lot of people haven't had them. They haven't had them for two years. And I'm seeing that now people are ready to come back to society and are holding these kind of parties and doing these kind of events. And wearing a costume actually can help people be less inhibited. It's sort of similar to being behind a screen. I've talked about the online disinhibition effect when people are 
able to voice things that they wouldn't say face to face on a screen. Use that actually to your advantage in this setting when you go to a party, because if you're behind a costume, maybe you can shoot your shot and you won't feel as exposed or you won't feel as uncomfortable because it's just a party and you're just wearing a costume and whatever happens, happens. But bottom line, Halloween is fun. And ultimately, all of us need more fun in our lives. So get out there, see what connections you can make, take some great photos very important, and maybe have some sweets yourself. I'd say you deserve it. If I piqued your interest with that tip to use a Halloween photo in your dating profile, you're going to be amazed by how much more I have to share with you in my free profile starter kit. This is a free ebook that walks you step-by-step through how to create a magnetic dating profile. I even have profile templates that I've used successfully for my clients before that you can just plug and play your own details into them and they work like a charm. You also will find a video that walks you through the three C's and how to have the right dating profile photos to get the right kind of dates to you. So you can check all of that out at datesandmates.com. Look for the free profile starter kit. When we come back, Rory Uphold of Crimes of the Heart podcast will be here to share her dating horror stories, the lessons she's learned from them and from hosting her podcast, and she'll help me break down some of your dating horror stories in just a moment. Now a quick break to tell you about one of my favorite brands, Cozy Earth. Thanks to Cozy Earth, I have never had a cozier, better night's sleep in my life because of their comfy sheets. And now, get this. They're making the comfiest loungewear of my life. Cozy Earth has developed and crafted high-quality goods with responsibly and sustainably sourced materials from the earth. Cozy Earth's women's loungewear is crafted from the same breathable and luxurious material as their bedding, and it offers optimal comfort while maintaining a flattering, elegant fit. This is very important for me because as someone who is either on television or working from home, I have to have loungewear that, you know, is cute but also, you know, comfortable. Did you know that Cozy Earth has been featured on Oprah's favorites list four years in a row? And they also have a 10-year warranty on all of their products. They have all sorts of clothing to try on. Tank tops, t-shirts, sweaters, joggers, even scrunchies. Okay, here's what's in it for you. Cozy Earth has provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today. 35% off site-wide when you use the code DEMONA. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code DEMONA, which is spelled D-A-M-O-N-A, and you'll get 35% off site-wide. If you listen to this podcast, you know that knowledge is power. When you know more, you can do more. What if you could use science to discover more about your body? You can. Find out what you need for your healthier tomorrow with EverlyWell. EverlyWell is a digital healthcare designed for you all at a transparent and affordable price. With over 30 at-home lab tests, you can choose the test that makes the most sense for you to get the answers you need, like the women's health test or the food sensitivity test. Everlywell also has high-quality vitamins and supplements to support your overall health. Choose from a variety of options, including vitamin D3 and omega-3 fish oil. All right, here's how it works. Everlywell ships products straight to you with everything you need in one package. To take your at-home lab test, Just collect your sample and use the included prepaid shipping label to mail your test back to a certified lab. 
Your physician-reviewed results get sent to your phone or device in just days. And you can share the results with your primary care physician to help guide next steps. If you ordered vitamins and supplements, you can start adding them to your daily routine right away. It's so simple that over 1 million people have trusted Everly Well to support their health and wellness goals, and you should too. I took the women's health test because I'll admit I've been feeling a little bit off, like something was going on with my hormones, really ever since I had my son. And within a few weeks, I had the insights about what was happening in my body that I could share with my doctor, and we could figure out what was going on with my hormone levels and how to treat them. It was fast, it was easy, and I never even had to step foot in a lab for testing. And this is super cool. For listeners of Dates and Mates, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash datesandmates. That's everlywell.com slash datesandmates for 20% off your next at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash datesandmates. Welcome back. Rory Uphold is the host of the podcast Crimes of the Heart, a podcast where singles and couples share their most tragic and embarrassing love, dating, and sex stories. And let me tell you, it's pretty juicy. Rory is also an actress and a singer-songwriter, and she has some tales of her own to share. Please welcome her to the show with big smooches. It's Rory Uphold. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. Are you into Halloween? Is that a thing you like? Yes. Oh my gosh, of course. I was a theater kid. This is like my Super Bowl. <laughs> well, you're in for a treat today because we have all sorts of spooky dating stories for you. But first, Rory, you've heard a lot of stories on your podcast, Crimes of the Heart. What made you want to start this show? I feel like there's such parallels between love and horror. I think that the thrill and the rush that you get of like chasing love is also akin to like riding a roller coaster or running away from a monster. And in some cases, it actually does feel like that. And one thing that struck me as crazy is so if I hit you with my car, there's recourse for that, right? Like I might go to jail. I definitely owe you damages. But if we date and you waste six years of my life cheating on me, I'm just supposed to get over it. I have zero recourse. So true. And I think I think a lot of that pain and shame makes us feel isolated. It can make us feel alone on these journeys. And it can make us feel like we're the only ones going through this or we're the only ones getting rejected or we're the only ones that haven't found love. And when you start to hear the stories of other people, you realize, oh, actually, this is pretty normal. <laughs> It's just, it's a crazy, messy world out there. And now I'm realizing like, oh, I'm actually kind of boring. Like I have stories for everything. And yet the stories that I'm getting make me realize I haven't had it that bad at all. (laughs) (laughs) There's definitely some stuff going down out there. I mean, most of the stories on Crimes of the Heart, though, it is this sort of like tragedy of uh, circumstance, not necessarily, it's more the relatability than it is like that these are really serious horror They're stories. emotional crimes. They're yeah. not literal crimes. You're not if you're trying to have an actual true crime experience where somebody could go to jail for what they've done, this is probably not the podcast for you. But if you, <laughs> you know, love a rom-com or you're interested in hearing about like 
crazy awkward sex or insane revenge stories or ghosting or cheating or things like that, then yes, this would be the podcast. Come and commiserate with crimes of the heart. Yeah, yeah, basically. Well, the timing is perfect, Rory, for you to launch this podcast. I know you did this for all for me, obviously, and for the Dates and Mates audience, but Every year we do this Halloween dating horror stories episode. And just to clarify, these are not necessarily stories that have happened on Halloween. No, it's any kind of horror story that you've had. But in the spirit of Halloween, in the spirit of having you here, Rory Uphold, host of Crimes of the Heart, we're going to do this special episode again. And we have some exciting news stories to share and for us to give our insights, our advice, and uh, let folks know where they might be able to turn things around and do things differently if something similar happens to them. So our first dating horror story comes from a listener named Aubrey. I had broken up with a guy after about six years of dating and I'd been single for a while and I wanted to get kind of back into the dating pool. And something that I'd given up in that relationship was dating women. And so I figured I would give it a shot again. I felt a little insecure, a little like didn't really know what to do. So I just went on like Tinder or one of the dating apps that had recently come out. And I matched with this like really cute girl. She was friendly. She was personable. So anyways, we ended up meeting up in person after going back and forth over texting for a while. And we met up at a little like beer bar called Tiger Tiger. And the first thing I noticed when she walked in was she brought a huge overnight bag with her into the date, which is wild anyways. (laughs) And I thought, you know, maybe she'd like gotten dropped off or like some reason. I later found out her car was literally outside. So she just brought the overnight bag in for like no reason. Like she could have left this bag like in her trunk. You know, it was just it was so forward and so like kind of strange and off-putting. And then so when she shows up, she kind of has an accent. She's like, oh, hello. It was very English. And I was like, this is so weird because like I can't pin, like I've been to London, you know, I've traveled a lot. Like I can't, I couldn't really pinpoint the accent. So it was really off-putting and very strange. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll figure that out as we talk. You know, we order some food, we're drinking some beers. And then so finally this accent's really getting to me. I was like, maybe she's, maybe she's from Perth, you know, like some weird off-location Australian place. So I was like, oh, well, like, where are you from? And she responds, oh, I'm from El Paso, Texas. And I was like, okay. And so in my head, I'm thinking, like, maybe she, like, grew up somewhere else and then moved there or whatever. So I was like, oh, well, how long have you been in San Diego? And she's, oh, I've been here for about, you know, five or six years. And I was like, okay, okay. And I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to stop digging. I'm just going to put a pin in that. So I told her about how I wanted, like, a scooter or a little moped and, like, you know, different things about myself in this time between, you know, figuring out where the accent was from. She also shared that she didn't really believe in dating. She believed that after you meet someone, you should either be committed or not after the first date. And that's how you just start a relationship, which I told her I definitely disagreed with. (laughs) And she also mentioned that her dad had passed away. And so she was really looking for a relationship so that if she died, someone would miss her. Red flags galore, not to mention the weird fake accent. Uh, Or, sorry, I don't want to say fake, but not to mention the (laughs) accent. So finally, you know, I'm just like seeing red flags and I'm like, okay, I don't feel bad digging into where this this accent comes from. So I asked her, I was like, okay, well, I have to ask, like, what's up with 
the accent. Like, where did you pick this up from? She's like, oh, well, growing up in El Paso, Texas, I watched a lot of BBC. And I figured I wanted to bring the best part of myself to you in this date and in this relationship. And I feel like the best part of myself is myself with an accent. And I lost it. I was trying to like not laugh. I was just like trying to take it seriously. I was like, okay, she's definitely like not all there mentally on some level, right? And I was like, okay, I just have to get her like out of here. So I don't know why I didn't call a date then, but I was like, let's just go to a gay bar and hang out. We went to a gay bar and she instantly got very possessive of me. Like other women would just just like walk by and say hello. And she'd be like, this is my girl. And just like wildly like possessive. And then I did make out with her. She's a good kisser. And well, they say like crazy people are good at kissing. So I just figured I would like test the waters. And so far it's true. And so then she asked if I wanted a ride home. And normally I would have just been like, no, I'll walk. But there was happened to be like a rapist around the neighborhood that was like out, you know. And I was like, oh, God, like I can't like walk back home. So I was like, OK, yes, go ahead and drop me off. I had her drop me off in my dark alley so that I like so she wouldn't be able to recognize where I live, you know. And then I was, like, in her car, and she was trying to kiss me again. And I was just kind of like, you know, like, let's pause on that. And then she's like, what? I don't get it. Are we in a relationship or not? I need to know. And she was wildly aggressive. And I told her, like, you know, I actually do believe in dating, and I feel like maybe we should just get to know each other more. And obviously, I didn't really want to get to know her anymore, but I needed to get out of the car and out of that situation and apparently out of my two and a half minute long relationship that she thought we were in. And so I ran inside, made sure I did not turn on my lights so she couldn't figure out which apartment was mine. And then I hid in my room (laughs) until I figured that she'd be gone. And I totally ghosted her, but that did not stop her from texting me for six months straight. And so, yeah, it was a very interesting first date. And I haven't tried to date women ever since then. And why wasn't it a horror story? (laughs) You know what? You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Rory, this is a whole lot of mess. Yeah. Like, first of all, the thing that stood out to me. Do you think crazy people are good at kissing? <laughs> oh my gosh. The best Is that factual? I was like the best kisser I've ever had is is the most boring person on paper that I know in my life. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Playing against type there. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can't judge a can't judge a book by it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where did Aubrey what could have kept her from this horror story outcome? I think she should have cut her losses sooner. Yeah, going to the gay bar. I mean, although she did want to make out with her. Yeah, here's the thing: if you want to have casual sex, I'm totally in favor of that. I think that you just have to be very clear about what your intentions are, and so sometimes that can be confusing on a date because sometimes you arrive to a date and you think, oh, maybe this is going to be a potential partner, and then you realize, "Mm, this is not potential partner, but I do still want to have sex with this person, and I think that's fine. You need to be able to communicate that. But I think she knew in her mind this person, she even said, I don't think that she's 100% there. She brought her bag like inside for the first date. I think if we could back up here, like as a dating coach, I think that that already is kind of 
It was kind of intimate. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to bet there were red flags in the text messages they exchanged before they ever met up at the bar. For sure. What are some red flags that would point towards this kind of outcome? Well, she's like a love bomber, this character. So the intense attachment style that she had where she wanted to immediately be in a relationship with this person, wanted to be possessive and have like an ownership out in public. I bet if we went back and we looked at the messages between them, that existed there. So when people are overly complimentary and they don't know me, red flag. There's a difference between creating common ground and trying to force intimacy. Mm Mm-hmm. Forced intimacy is a red flag. Yeah, I agree with that. And like escalating too quickly too of it's going from we just met to like you're my person. Now you're my person, right? When she doesn't even know. What do you think about the accent? Have you wait, have you ever put on an accent for a date or potential, you know, hookup match? Oh my gosh, no. No. No way. I feel like Come on, you're a theater person. (laughs) I know. I think it would be really hard to carry through the whole night. No. I once pretended I was my sister, but that was to to pretend like I wasn't me. (laughs) It did not go well. (laughs) I'm trying to think if I've ever used an accent. I feel like maybe I did at some point, but this seems like a high level of commitment. And also it seems like she's trying to avoid like her reality of I watched BBC and like this is this is a better version of me, which obviously it's not. Like, I'm all about authenticity. Bring the real you to the day. A hundred percent. There was one other thing I wanted to comment on. What was it? Oh, I think the comment she made about her dad dying so someone would miss her. That was very intense. What? (laughs) That was very, very intense. And like, those are the kind of things that I have my clients look out for, those kind of comments and like the intensity of that very early on. But I think it's really important also, if you see something or hear something or feel something that seems a little bit off, I say, my phrase is own the elephant in the room. Mm. Like you gotta say something about it. Cause how long did she sit there with the awkward accent thinking what is going on here? Too without, long. Right? Too long, yeah. I would have immediately been like, where are you from? And when she said El Paso, Texas, I would have been like, that's crazy. Why do you sound like Madonna circa the early aughts? <laughs> what is happening No, we here? do love Madonna circa the early aughts and before. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But it was like one day we all woke up and Madonna had a different accent. And we were just like, okay, I guess this is this thing that's happening now. <laughs> we're going to move on to our next horror story. This one comes to us from Jennifer Hervitz who's actually going to be a guest on the show soon. Let's take a listen. Okay, so I met this guy on a dating app, Um, obviously because that's where you find your guys nowadays, but it was about four years ago. It's kind of a two-part story, horror story. First part is that he, the bill comes, and we were having drinks, and he slid the bill towards me. He tapped on the bill, and he said, I Googled your ex. You've got this one. Um, I was appalled, like stunned. <laughs> so I like was like, great, let's go. I, I, I paid the bill, was 
pissed, went to the parking lot and um, we were at Dina DeLuca and whatever, and it was kind of dark and whatever, fine. So I was pissed and I was like making a mad dash for my car, but he stopped me. He's like, thank you. You know, I wanted to say thanks, whatever. I'm like, whatever, fine. And I went to stick out my hand and shake his hand because I was not about to hug this guy or kiss this guy or do anything with this guy. I just wanted to get in my car and go home. And he took my hand and he pulled me towards him and literally licked my face from my chin to my forehead like a dog. Licked my face. I was so disgusted and appalled. I stood there for a minute, like looking around to see if I was being punked. Yeah. Like if there was a camera, if someone was watching me. And I just just stood there. I, did, I was like shaking. I didn't even know what to do. And I didn't say another word. I spun on my heels, turned around, ran, like basically ran to my car. Got in my car, took out Purell, wiped my, like washed my hands, wiped it on my face. I was so disgusted. He, I call him the face licker. And I told all my friends, I wrote a blog about him. I think he wanted to get into my blog because I have a blog called The Truth Hurvitz. And I just sat there for a minute. I was like, did that man just lick my face? I just can't even. It was the biggest, it was, uh, it was the most disgusting horror story. That was my worst date to date. That would be a bad date. <laughs> Holy moly. Have you ever been, um, Licked in the face. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but consensually. On first date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very different. I can't even like picture how that went down. Like, uh, I, 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 and what was going through his head in a parking uh, lot in Broadway? And, like, and after a terrible date, where your date is literally running, running from you. Like, take a hint, dude. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that he did it with someone in the past that was really into it. So he thought it was like a, a move or a thing. Isn't that funny? And then he really thought this was going to be a show-stopping moment, I guess. I, I, I can't – trying to get into that man's psyche seems really futile, but that's the only thing I can think of that was running through his mind. What about the part where – I'm trying to analyze why he would say, I Googled your ex and you've got this one. If it was something like if he's rich or if he's like, uh, there's something else yeah. about her ex. I imagine that her ex is rich. Now, we don't know if it's her ex-boyfriend or it's her ex-husband. It is her ex-husband. I do, I do know that much. Okay. So <laughs> then he, wow, that is so smarmy. Just assume. But why are you also assuming that she, just because her ex-husband is rich, that like... She cashed she, out in the divorce. Yeah, and also, I do have a feel. I'm curious, Rory, do you have a feeling on who should pay for the date? This question yes. comes up all the time on of dates. Of course it does. What's your take? I think the person who does the asking out should pay. Okay. Somebody ring the bell. <laughs> if I ask you That's out. where I've landed. Yeah. It's, and it's it's been a long evolution. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. And I it was like kind of my last vestige of like old-fashioned dating that I was like, I don't know why I feel like the guy should pay, but you know, we have we have a lot of Oh, to be clear, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> to be I think the rule is whoever asks you out pays. And I think Still, guys are asking girls out probably more than girls are asking guys out. I don't have the stats on that. You know, my thing is like, I like to drop the handkerchief. So it's like, I'll open the door, but you have to walk through it. So I help guys ask me out, but I 
still like somebody to pursue me. And I think it's the only way in which I'm traditional. And if a guy doesn't pay on the first date, I'm there's there is no future. I know that that <laughs> sounds really aggressive and dark, but it's just it's not going to work for me. Well, you know what works for you right now, I'll say. Yes. I'll say. I feel like we are in a time where dating culture is changing a lot. It's so and I think guys are doing less of the asking out um, than they used to. And we are going to have to adapt. So I'm staying open-minded about it. But at the same time, like, do not shove a check in my face. I don't care if I did ask you out. You best not shove a check in my face and tell me to pay for it because you Googled my ex. Yeah, there were that. Oof. Yeah. And also, I use a fake name on dating apps. I don't oh. use my real name because I don't want to be Googled. And mm. I don't want you to know information about me until I provide it to you. So when do you provide it? Maybe the first date. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give somebody, if we're going to meet up, I'll be like, oh, yeah. I, I've, actually, the truth is I forget a lot of the time. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that's not my name. <laughs> Sorry. My name is Rory. And then I just kind of explain like, yeah, the internet's not safe for women. I, if you have questions about that, I don't know where you have been. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is, I am smart. And I actually think all women should use a fake name on a dating app because it's very easy to Google people based on the information you provide or reverse Google image your photos. And People are creepy. It's another reason I tell people to use a burner phone. Exactly. I had somebody say like, oh, that's too extreme. I'm like, that's not. like not extreme at all. Even having them know your Instagram too early, like, you know, I, I don't want to give it away. I want people mm -hmm. to go listen to the episode. But, you know, there was a Instagram DM situation. For eight years. <laughs> For I mean, eight that's years. Bonkers. Mm -hmm. Maybe he'll lick you to try to, you know, get on the show or get... <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, have, have a blog that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just need to order more Purell. Order more Purell and keep it handy for this next story because speaking of licking, Marianne has a doozy to share. The dating disaster was when we walked out and it was a beautiful sunset. So it should have been like a really romantic, beautiful first date. But he decided to go over to an elderly couple who had their elderly dog with them. He got on all fours, started kissing the dog's face. Yes, Whoa. kissing the dog's face and proceeded to bother and talk to the elderly couple about their dog on and on for about 20 minutes. After that, I decided the date needed to come to a quick conclusion. I admired the sunset and walked off in my car to it. Kissing dogs. I love dogs. Me too. I think what he was doing strategically was trying to show that he was like compassionate and animal lover. But like, I'm definitely not going to kiss you after you kissed a stranger's dog. Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> you lost me on the all fours. The all fours? <laughs> Mm, no, mm -mm. that's true. That's true. That yeah, is you're just, also on the ground. That feels very aggressive. You couldn't just squat. <laughs> okay. In just a moment, we will be back with more tales updating horror. Stay with me. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. Just kidding. We're we're just back. Okay, here is another dating horror story. This one is from Mr. Anonymous. The worst first date that I've ever had was meeting up with a girl who was a distant friend of mine. Well, we go to eat someplace, and I can't remember the name of, of the place, but it was somewhere where she was a frequent visitor. So when we first get to the restaurant, she kisses the waiter, kisses him on the lips. And I have already decided at this point that I am not going to continue on, you know, with any type of relationship with her. Because when I showed up at her house to pick her up, she was already drunk. Not like drunk, drunk, like stumbling, but she had been drinking. After the date, we go back to her place and she proceeds to start talking to me about her ex the entire time. And she's literally doing this while she's taking off all of her clothes so she's like getting completely naked and she's way too drunk pretty much just passes out and i just kind of cover her up and we sleep in the same bed but nothing happens well i wake up like a few hours later and get some water well when i get back in the bed the bed is like slopping wet so she had peed herself like all over the bed and so i'm like this has just gone from bad to worse we get up in the morning she acknowledges that she pees but continues just to lay there and she's not even trying to cover herself up and then she lights up a cigarette and it's just the most awkward thing i've ever experienced in my life and just i just can't i just can't you can't pee the bed on a first date that is a no look this is gonna come as a wild twist but i kind of respect the way she handled it. Like, I love that she just owned it and was like lighting a cigarette, butt naked. Just like, yeah, that happened. And it's like, not even a big deal. <laughs> Huge red flag. I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to diagnose someone as an alcoholic, but it does seem like maybe this is not new behavior. I just love that she owned it so hard. That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, what are you going to do? But <laughs> like, what, what at you, least we like, have a debrief on, hey, so last night I got very drunk and then I peed the bed and you happened to be in the bed and so you got peed on. And I don't know if you want to talk about how that made you feel. We can. But it, like, I, I love that she was just like, yeah, no, that happened. <laughs> Doing a whole, a whole uh, psychological evaluation over it. No, I, I, um, I can I can see where you're coming from on that. I also feel like this is the kind of situation where I think you have permission to just go. Like I don't think you 100 I I always get mad about one night stands where like it's just like wham bam thank you ma'am and like get the heck out like I, you know you're still a person totally wham bam thank you sir. But at the same time I feel like if if there's piss in the bed like all bets are off. That's a immediate Uber. <laughs> immediate <Yeah>. Uber. <laughs> That's <laughs> to your point. 
So if I'm having a one night stand with someone and I communicate before ahead of time, hey, so we can do this, but I need to get coffee in the morning or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't always feel that way, but sometimes I feel that way. And so I just say that. Yeah. Like this is a prerequisite. Yeah. Yeah. It's expectations are everything. This is why I also tell, I tell my clients, first of all, to keep their first Mm -hmm. dates shorter than they probably are right now. But yeah, it's like you said, setting up the expectation of like, if you let them know, hey, I have to get up early in the morning. So, you know, I I can hang out till like nine, but, you know, or 10 or whatever. <laughs> hey, I'm going to sleep over tonight. I brought my bag hey, in the car. Met, <laughs> Is that okay? Set the expectation before. Don't just show up yeah, with the bag. All right, we, we have one more. Our last story comes from our very own producer, Lindsay. It's me. I have dating horror stories. Tell us what happened. How did you, who, who wronged your heart? Who hurt you? <laughs> well, I'd like to say I'm being nice and sparing his name, but I just forgot it. <laughs> Oops. Um, <laughs> uh, so this guy was one of those ones that seemed great at first. So he was a teacher. I like to hike. He'd been on a camping trip that weekend with friends. Like a lot of things in common here. It was a short date, like Demona recommends. I did want to go on the second one, though. And so we made some plans. We were going to do a romantic bike ride to the park and a picnic. Except that when he showed up with his bike, there was this long, like, eight-foot metal pole sticking out of the back of his bike. He had these, like, saddlebags hanging behind his seat. And there was a very tall metal pole, like, that maybe might hold up a shade in your backyard. Oh no. Or hold two car tires together. I don't know. It was a giant metal rod. So An umbrella for the picnic. Maybe an umbrella for the picnic. There you go. Or That's a awesome. flag for marking dead bodies. Oh no. I was like, I thought it was going to be like a MAGA flag is what I thought. <laughs> you went all the way there. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, well, that would have been worse. So. I saw this big metal pole and I realized I couldn't just not go down there because now he's in front of my apartment and he knows where I live. So anyways, I tried to make light of it and I asked him what was the pole for? Uh, Was he afraid of maybe a broke dog or some um, enemies out there on fellow bike lanes? And he proceeded to say very proudly that he actually had brought his fire throwing stick and he wanted me to watch him throw fire at the park. And did you go? I did. I'm really bad at saying no or breaking up with people or generally just doing things that I want to do when other people don't want me to do. So I went to the park with the fire thrower and it got worse because he proceeded to throw fire by just prepping me with, I'm going to go throw fire now, hold this rag. If I catch on fire, use it to put me out. Uh -uh. Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) So I watched him throw fire. I don't know about you, but I'm not real fluent in the aesthetics of fire throwing. I I will say he like kind of moved to the music. Biggest honor killer. He didn't catch on fire. That was great. Anyways, it ended. I wasn't a complimentary enough, I suppose, because he asked me what I thought. And I said, I thought it was really cool that he was in such great sense of music. Um, <laughs> like I'm risking my life he, out here. He was so offended. He was like, I literally made you responsible for my life so I could show you my craft. And he was just like going on and on. So I 
I finally just said, look, I didn't want this responsibility and now I want to go home. Yeah. Good for you. You found your voice. I finally did. It just took some real pushing and some flames. You had had to have, ready? A fire lit under your ass. (laughs) Please put some some applause in and put... Rory, what what would you do in this situation? The thing is, is I kind of am with Lindsay where sometimes, weirdly, weirdly, if you catch me off guard, I have a hard time saying no. And so I would have been in that park watching this sad man throw fire. Like that would have been me too. The part where you lost me though is like, here's a rag and put me out if I catch fire. I'd be like, no, you got to like stop, drop and roll. Like if you don't have the exit strategy already, you should not be doing this activity. And I am not qualified to be your personal fire department. That's where I draw the line. I actually dated a guy who was in the circus once, and that is actually my only dating horror story, which I will save for another episode. You got to tune back for <laughs> that. We're out of time. Yeah, that sounds like a good story. We're out of time. I, I do kind of get. I have like circus fetish. I guess I don't know. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't. It's just coincidental. You know how people like I worked at mm-hmm. Starbucks <laughs> on the side. And he worked in the Listen, circus. I've dated a lot of clowns, too. <laughs> please bring back the applause. <laughs> and please keep the applause going for Rory Uppel. This was so this much fun. fun. I loved having you here for our Dating Horror Stories episode. Thank you, Lindsay, for sharing your story. Thank you to all the listeners who submitted stories for this episode. And thank you so much, Rory, for being here and for making your fantastic podcast, Crimes of the Heart. This was so fun. <laughs> Be sure to follow Rory on Instagram at I Could Be Blonder and check out her podcast, Crimes of the Heart, wherever you listen to Dates and Mates. The links will be in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this special Halloween dating horror stories episode. It is number 434 of Dates and Mates. Hopefully this episode was a treat for you. Now, I would like to have a treat and not a trick. The biggest treat you can give me is just sharing the show. Spread the word. Go ahead and click that share button on your podcast player. Send it to a friend. And let me know what you love hearing on the show, what questions you have, because I am making the show for you and for your friends and for anyone that needs help and guidance in love. So I'd love to hear from you at Damona Hoffman on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You are going to have to go to Instagram if you want to see this costume that I'm wearing on the 31st. So go ahead and check that out at Damona Hoffman. And you can also call me or text me questions, comments, concerns anytime, day or night, 424-246-6255. We'll be back next Tuesday with Dr. Pia, one of the stars of the new season of Married at First Sight. She'll be sharing tips on how to expand trust and build intimacy with a partner for a healthier, more satisfying relationship. Until then, I wish you happy Halloween and happy dating.